Our first reading today is from Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 12 through 20. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. Then our God will fight for us. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. So reading from 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord. Now I have the wonderful privilege of dismissing the children to go to children's worship and see if you see any of them because they are my sermon introduction. Look for them out there. They're a little bit younger than you, Judge Faircloth, not much, but I hope you got sight of at least one of them, hopefully more of them, and I would want you to imagine that every one of those children who just walked out is your child, because he is, she is your child. And Jesus makes it very clear in Mark chapter 10 that theirs is the kingdom. And if theirs is the kingdom, we need to honor them. And one of the primary ways we honor them is by doing everything that we can to protect them. It was back in 2002, I believe, when the Boston Globe newspaper, uh, with the smaller group of journalists there called Spotlight, highlighted the scandal of sexual abuse of children in the Boston diocese and beyond and trying to cover it up. And it rocked 
the Catholic Church, and now the spotlight really is turning to other denominations, perhaps most to Baptists. It was no surprise to a lot of us that last summer, the Southern Baptist Convention, the primary topic that they covered there was child abuse awareness, child abuse prevention, and child abuse recovery. And even prior to that, last spring, we initiated a child protection task force here at Brookwood. And I want to just point out uh, some of the members who are of this. Uh, first of all, the ministers, all of them uh, have been active with this. Representing the deacons, Jody Martin, Charles Viani. Uh, ECC, I believe, yeah, Diane Duke and Katie Garrison who run the ECC, but also those who are leaders of the ECC uh, committee, Sue Davis and Diane Wad. Uh, risk management, which is becoming more and more of a, of, of a crucial uh, committee, I think, these days. And Merritt Rogers has represented us well there. Uh, preschool, uh, Lucy Sellers for the preschool team, the children's team, Wendy Field, and the youth, Tracy Johnson and Amy Causey. Please be sure to thank them when you get a chance. If you see any of them, thank them. They have put in uh, time and hours. We have been uh, in meetings strategizing and reviewing and, and observing policy, redrafting policy. Soon we will present policy for the church to consider that, that's more fine-tuned and, and tighter. And we've been seeking the best and most convenient source of training, a good training program in child abuse awareness. And we think we have found that in a program called Ministry Safe. And I'm grateful to Blake and Jim Giffen, and I believe Sue Davis, who went recently to First Baptist Church of Trustful uh, when they hosted a conference on this. And it was Ministry Safe who, who oversaw the conference and really presented on this. And they came back saying, we really think this is what Brookwood needs to do. And, and the ministers have gone through the training. We agree. It's outstanding. And we want you to be a part of it too. Now we're having three different training sessions this month and we need you to be at one of them, just, just one of them. The first one is actually this Wednesday. They are at 5 p.m. on August 7th, August 14th, or August 18th. The first two are Wednesdays, and there will be a box supper. Nothing extravagant, but we're not there to focus on, on the meal. We're there to focus on the training. Uh, if you're able to make it to one of those, that would be great. Or uh, Sunday evening, the 18th. In fact, the deacons are going to forego their usual meeting that is scheduled for that evening so they can go through the training themselves. I, I think you would agree with me that our children are our most precious commodity at Brookwood. And theirs is the kingdom, says King Jesus, our king. There's no more reason for me to really stress the importance of this agenda. What I want to do is address how we need to respond to this critical matter, primarily with going to one of these meetings. And dare I say, this is what God wants us to do as we respond. If you would, look in your uh, outline there. There's a sermon outline in your bulletin there. Three points that I'm going to uh, go through rather briefly. And I say that. I know I'm a preacher, but I'm going to go through them pretty briefly. But it talks about being all in, all aware, and all armored. All in, all aware, and all armored. Can you please say that with me? All in, all aware, and all armored. Let's jump right into this. First of all, as a tribe that guards its own, we need to be all in. We've got to be all in on this. Now here's a picture 
near Hezekiah's tunnel. Let's go to that. This just amazed me. Now, now you know that some of us went through Hezekiah's tunnel uh, this summer when we were over there in Jerusalem. And Jeff Leonard was up those stairs a little bit talking about uh, just re- kind of readying us for going down into Hezekiah's tunnel. And he just said in passing, oh, and by the way, this is part of Nehemiah's wall. And then he kept talking about Hezekiah's tunnel. And I thought, are you kidding me? This is part of Nehemiah's wall that he had rebuilt. And I don't know if you can tell, uh, that's a newer section right there that doesn't count. But if you look from this way on down right here, that uh, was part of the wall that was broken down. And and, and it started to tumble over itself and everything. And they did what they could to, to redo it. But if you look right up here, this section that's a little bit of a different color there, a little bit more of a tannish color, that is part of the actual wall that Nehemiah oversaw the rebuilding of, which is just amazing to me. And I thought a lot about that dynamic as, as I thought about what, what we were going to talk about this morning, because it takes us back to 586 B.C., first of all, when the Babylonians basically destroyed Jerusalem, uh, broke down the temple, broke down the walls, around Jerusalem that was protecting it. And then 50 years later, the ancient Israelites got to go back to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding the the temple. But even before that, they realized we are vulnerable right now. We are vulnerable and we know that we are being threatened. And they were being literally verbally threatened by the Sumerians to the north, uh, the Ammonites to the northeast, and the Ashdodites to the west, who were saying, we're going to come in and take you over. We're going to come in and plunder you, kill you, all this stuff. And so it's, it's an amazing story because, first of all, as a military tactic as well as a constructive tactic, what Nehemiah did was stationed people around the open parts of the wall that were vulnerable, and he stationed them as families, as immediate families. Now think about that. Somebody's coming along and maybe threatening you and your family there. You're going to fight a little harder, I think. And that's exactly what he did. But then note how they were all in. Let's look at verses 15 through 18 of Nehemiah 4. It says, When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. And I've always been fascinated by this. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load, building the wall, and one hand holding a weapon. As they were building up that wall, they were also protecting their own. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The Jerusalemites were all in, in building up and preserving that wall. And they had building material and they had weapons. And I think about that for you and me because we're here to build up our young people in the faith, to nurture them in the discipline and the reality of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we are also here to protect them. And the key is, just like the Jerusalemites, we got to be all in on this. And we all got to be together in on this. So you need to sign up for ministry safe training. Very significant to me that the first two people who signed up for this, they've already signed up, the first two people to sign up for this ministry safe training, and I don't know which one of those days they're doing it. First two people to do it are two of our most senior adults. And one of them said, I don't have young children anymore, but this is important. God bless that person. I mean, is there anything 
more important. We call ourselves a family. Often we call ourselves, yes, a tribe. And what does it mean to be a tribe? Well, we support one another and we stand up for one another and we look out for one another and we support one another and yes, we protect one another. And we've got to be all in on that. Got to be all in on that. To f- so I would encourage you again, follow, up, follow through in signing up for Ministry Safe Sessions. It's a little over an hour. And what you need to do is email Mary Jane or call her at the church and just let her know which, which meeting you're going to attend. It's Mary Jane D, as in Dillard, at brookwood.org, or call the church. But we need you to be all in on this. Secondly, as a tribe that guards its own, we need to be all aware. Do you remember when Jesus sent out the twelve two by two, to go do ministry and to evangelize? What did he say about the world that he was sending them out to? Well, you go to Matthew 10, 16, and what did he say? Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among what? Wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes. Some translations I know say wise, some say prudent, some say wary. Be all of those as snakes and harmless as doves be aware be vigilant be discerning that's what it's talking about and we need to be vigilant and aware and intelligent in protecting our kids here so to build awareness again come to the ministry safe training awareness is critical as you would know you need information and we need to free ourselves of common misconceptions on this issue and i found myself having misconceptions Uh, trust me it was worth my going through this training and you will be freed of some misconceptions some of them you're probably aware of already but maybe sometimes we fool ourselves into this this misconception Uh, ministry safe says one of the primary ways we fool ourselves is this we actually think deep down it could never happen here oh yes it could just like anywhere else particularly in any volunteer type organization which includes church Also, background checks, which are vital, and we're going to do that for the sake of our children here, especially any adults who are going to be working with kids at all here. You've got to go through this, but but all of us should. All of us should. But please keep this in mind. Only 10% of offenders actually go through the criminal justice system, so that's not a silver bullet. It helps. It can help immensely. But that speaks to the fact that we also need to learn to be aware. Not paranoid, not rushing to judgment, but we need to be wise and shrewd and wary, as Jesus says, out there in a world where we are sheep among wolves. There are a lot of other misconceptions due to statistics and other studies that I could share. Uh, I'm, I'm less inclined to share them here, to be honest. But a lot of these were new to me, and trust me, you and I need to know about them together being all in and all aware and as a unified tribe we've got to join together in this training to become wise together our staff has done it all of our adults who work with kids will do that like i said but all of us need to do this we need to be all in all aware and finally what we need to be all armored as a tribe that guards its own we need to be all armored you know about the armor of god that paul talks about in ephesians chapter 6 let's look at that He begins this way, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. 
our role with all of this is to disarm the possibility of abuse. It's what we're doing. When we put on all of our armor, we're disarming the possibility of something terrible happening. And it means being vigilant. It means being intelligent. And, and, and it means creating what Ministry Safe calls a culture of communication. And, and doing this protects, let me say, and I hope you understand what I mean by this, doing this protects both our children and our church. It is vital that we do this not just to protect our kids, that's primary, but it protects Brookwood Baptist Church as well. For too long, with this issue, even in the history of the church, as spotlights show, there's been this culture of silence about this issue, and it's been kept in the dark, and it needs to be brought out into the light, which is why we had one person read 1 John 1, 5 through 7. What does it say? This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So if we are lying, excuse me, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God is light and he wants light on this issue for the sake of his young children because theirs is the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom. We've got to put on the full armor. We need to establish awareness in advance to disarm any risk of something most unfortunate happening. I could share a lot more, but the bottom line is you need to come to the ministry safe training. Have I made that clear? I hope so. You need to be there at one of those <laughs> it's common sense why this is so critical. Let me just offer three final thoughts. Our children are the future of the church. We want them to have the most protected, not sheltered, but the most protected experience they can have as they grow in faith in Jesus. Secondly, our children are vulnerable. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 that it is the weakest, the most vulnerable in the church who deserve the most care. And finally, and please, please consider this. Not to participate in this could affect and reduce our good ministries and programs here. Bottom line, I, I don't want to end on a negative note, but it puts all of that at risk, or parts of it at risk. We do that, it puts the church at risk. We need your help with this, my brothers and sisters. We need your help protecting those of whom Jesus said, what theirs is the what kingdom. So please help us. We need you to be all in. What is it? All in, all aware, all armored. Can you help me one time? All in, all aware, all armored. Let's pray together. Sensitive subject, oh God, but we need to address it, and we trust that you are blessing our going after this matter. Uh, and, and shedding light upon it as we do so for the sake of those who are so, so special to you. May we be the mentors and the protectors that you have called us to be. We pray that through this training we would become more aware, that we would be more discerning, uh, not paranoid and not rushing to judgment, but simply being more
discerning. And we ask that you would bless what we do. We ask now that you be with those uh, even in this church or with those whom some of us know who have uh, faced this, have gone through this, and it has been utterly painful. We pray for people across the planet whose perception of the church, perhaps even whose perception of you has been misconstrued because of how they were harmed, how it was not at all their doing, not at all their fault. Lord, help us to protect the most innocent. Help us to do all we can to do that. We pray these things in your name. Amen.